Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Bond. Hi, we got Josh today. <laughs> Good to see you, Josh. Yeah. Do a little fist bump there. <laughs> so we're doing chapter six in John, and the theme is... Jesus is there in time of need. And what's our main scripture for this little section? Gather up fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Yes, so we're going to talk through chapter 6, and we're going to see the themes that we've seen all the way through John, which is believe, believe, believe. He's addressing their unbelief in every chapter, and life, eternal life, and everlasting life, and Jesus is the life. So we're going to learn all about how to believe when we just don't believe because mm-hmm. these disciples were walking right beside him josh and they still didn't believe <laughs> yeah, that's but, the truth. so when the holy spirit's in us now we can believe so what they we want him to do miracle after miracle i know and we don't get none of that we do it by faith that's right yeah. and those that those that see that walk by faith are better than those yeah. that see me and do it so Thanks. let's look at john 6 1 where did Jesus go next? Mm-hmm. Read the scripture. Oh, after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Ti- Ti- Tiberias. Tiberias. Maybe that's how you say it. <laughs> so he went uh, over to the Sea of Galilee. Now read John 6, 2. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Oh, so why did the multitude follow him? Because they saw his signs. They saw the miracles. The miracles. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so what did Jesus do next? He went up on the mountains, and there he sat with his disciples. Okay, so he drew in his inner circle. He went up to the mountain. He drew in his inner circle. He says, and eh, those people are fake. And he could tell. He could no. tell that they weren't drawn close to him because they loved him. Okay, so the uh, John 6, 4, what time of year was it? Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Now the Passover is very important. It's where the uh, the Israelites put, when they were in Egypt, they put the blood on the door, and everybody in that house was saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they killed a lamb to be able to do it. And then the eighth and lamb uh, standing up with bitter herbs to remember their bitter times. And, and the blood was to cover them. So this Passover was a remembrance of the time that the blood was to, rec- to cover them, that the blood made them safe, that the death angel passed over them, and that their whole household was safe. Hmm. So that's the time of year that we're talking about. So let's go to John 6, 5. Then Jesus slipped up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread? that these may eat. <laughs> so what do you ask, Philip? Where shall you buy bread? Yeah, yeah. So uh, why did he ask Philip these questions? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Yeah, Jesus knew what he was going to do. Yeah, he knew yeah. he was going to feed these with very little food. Yeah. He just wanted to, to test Philip's faith. So, okay, did Philip think that they could feed the great company of people following Jesus? Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Huh, he's saying, this is impossible, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. There's not enough money in this bag to do that. So who's speaking next? One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him. Okay, so what did he say? There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Yeah, so Philip didn't believe at all, and Andrew's like, "Well, we got a little bit, but what is that? How could that? How could that matter?" Yeah. And what did Jesus tell them to do? 
Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number around 5,000. So how many people were there? 5,000 men. That's not including women and children. <laughs> That's right. That's huh. a lot of people yeah. to feed with. How many little loaves of barley? Five. And two little fish. baby fish. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, how did that fish stay fresh? <laughs> yeah. Being passed around. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah. Okay. It take longer to walk around and feed everybody. It would. So what do you think Jesus' emphasis was on when he took those five barley loaves and the two little fish? Was it, was it on Father God or was it on the food? Let's read. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise, of the fish as much as they wanted okay uh so the disciples job was to distribute what yeah. jesus had given them Ooh, look mm -hmm. at that so what's our job to it's, do the same thing yeah, yeah. jesus gives us and love. What? bread he gives and us, meat. he gives us the bread of heaven he gives us love and we're to distribute it yeah. and and the the emphasis is to be on god yeah. thanksgiving to god, thanksgiving yeah. to god. always and yeah. you know there's all this new really cool brain science and they basically say when you're grateful it turns off the complaining side yeah. of the brain yeah. <laughs> so every time i hear myself complain i'm thinking okay how can i be grateful for that because because yeah. whatever i'm complaining about is usually pretty trivial so can you find a principle in this verse in john six twelve? so when they were filled he said to his disciples gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost okay well how much was left <laughs> Therefore, they gathered them up and filled two baskets with nope. the fragments How of the five baskets? barley loaves. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve baskets. Keep going. Which were left over by those who had eaten. Wow. So there's 12 <clears throat> baskets left over. They didn't start with 12 baskets, no. did they? They just started with five little barley loaves and two fish. Yeah. So here's the outline for this section. We are by the Sea of Galilee, also known as Tiberias. And there was a great multitude that had followed Jesus because of the miracles. Jesus was in the mountains with his disciples when he saw a crowd coming. And this was the time of the Passover. Jesus tested Philip and asked him how they would feed the multitude. Philip was in the earthly realm and reasoned it was impossible. Andrew noted a meager provision of five loaves and two fishes. Jesus gave the command for the multitude to sit down. And then Jesus gave thanks for the food, and Jesus already knew what he was going to do. At the end, Jesus command commanded the disciples to gather up the fragments. There were 12 baskets of leftovers. This would be enough for for a basket for each disciple. <laughs> How about that? So here's some things to ponder. Is there an impossibility in your life where you only see physical limitations? Hmm, think about that. Number two. Do you have a lack of provisions in your life that you could ask Jesus to multiply? Yeah, so maybe you've just got a little, but it needs to be 5,000 times more. <laughs> yeah. So just ask you to multiply it. Yeah. And he will. Yeah, number three. When we share what we have with a thankful heart, we always have an abundance. What do you feel like God is calling us to share? How about that? So a lot of times I will share, and um, I do it out of sacrifice. Sometimes I do it out of abundance, and, and that's good. But when I do it out of sacrifice, it's better. It, it almost makes me a little anxious thinking, now, wait a minute, I didn't have enough to do that. Yeah. But God always brings it back. Yeah. And I always have enough. Listen, Especially for a minute, I remember going to coming to church, and it was like Sundays when you give the offering, and by Sundays you get paid on Friday, and by Sunday, you know what I mean. You, you, pay <laughs> you still got to give money, so you know yes, what I mean. So yes. you give it; it's it's coming from the heart. Then it is <laughs> coming from the heart. 
So if someone takes something of yours, give them the best of something else. Practice this sharing concept in your own life in Matthew 5.41 and Luke 6.29. So when I taught Sunday school, Joshua, if somebody uh, come to me crying because their toy was stolen, mm-hmm. I would give them this principle and I would say, now go get something better and give them something better. So uh, here's a challenge. What do you have in storage that you are no longer using that you might like to give away? So if you're just storing it, it's just going to sit down there and dry rot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the next section. Jesus walks on on the storms of life. Yes. So when he's walk, when you're there's storms in your life, don't look at the storm. Look at Jesus. He's coming, and he says, "It is I. Be not afraid." John six twenty. He said, "It is I. Be not afraid." So he's talking to us in James about trials and tribulations, and to count them all joy because mm-hmm. they're bringing about maturity. Yep. So if I struggle with a trial, a tribulation, a storm in my life, and I just literally sit there and grind my teeth and wring my hands, I'm not learning from it. I'm You're being right. a victim. Yeah. But when I can learn from it, now I'm growing. Now this, I'm commanding. Uh, I'm, I've got my eyes on Jesus, and He's commanding the storm. Yeah. So John six fourteen. now what did the people think of Jesus? Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Okay, so they think he's the prophet, but they're not thinking of him as the Messiah yet. So when Jesus was about to be exalted by them, what did he do? Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So there's a... There's a manipulation that they were doing. They were like, now, if this guy can feed us like that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's what we want mm-hmm. in charge because he'll put those Romans down. He'll make sure we always have food. This is the promise. So really he's doing them just like we do today. Like when we go to jail, we, we beg for him to bond us out. When we get in a bond for a bill, we beg for money. You know what I mean? Same thing. And you're trying to make him king, force him to be yeah. king at that moment, but it's not in your heart. You're right. So let's put him in our heart. Let's say, Jesus, I surrender. Whether I'm in the mud, whether I'm in a palace, whether I'm in a tent, whether yeah. I'm in a prison cell, wherever I'm at, I surrender. I'm yours here or there. I'm yours with little or with much. Yeah. That way, I believe that that's what he's done with me in my life. I believe I've been in palace. I believe I've been in depravity in in a little moldy corner. And and I've just learned to be content wherever I'm at. And that's a huge skill to learn. It's taken me a lot of years to get there. So where did his disciples go? Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. Okay, so they went down to the sea. And what did they do when they got to the sea? uh, they got into the boat and went over to the sea towards Capernaum. 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 <laughs> and it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Yeah. So it, it's dark. Uh, Jesus stayed on the mountain. He didn't go with them. And the sea is getting choppy and full of waves, and they're rowing hard. So let's see. Now what happens? Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. Okay. So when they had rowed about 5 and 20 or 30 furloughs, which is about 4 miles, what did they see? So when they had rowed about 3 or 4 miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Yeah, so how did they feel? Afraid. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes this storm makes you afraid and then seeing jesus coming on the storm makes Mm. you even more afraid Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're just like, I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So thinking is not ours, though. So that's it's, right. It's not for us to understand. That's right. <laughs> Would you just say that again? His thinking is not ours, so it's not for us to understand. Yeah, it's it's our job to believe, right? That's it. That's yeah. all. That's all. Just have faith and let him drive. That's it. Uh, that you, is our job to do with that. You, you just answered a question I asked the Lord before we got here. Huh. <laughs> just, it's not your job. I, I was talking to him about, Lord, there's a little confusion over here in my life, and there's mm. a little confusion over there, and you just said it. It's not my job to know. It's my yeah. job to believe. Yeah. So did Jesus perceive their fear? Uh, but he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Mm-mm-mm. So do not be afraid. Yeah. With these words, he comforted them. So let those words comfort you in your confusion right now. If you've got a little scenario in your life that you don't know what to do with, instead of embracing the confusion, visualize Jesus walking on that storm telling you, hey, it's me. It's Mm. just me. I'm just working. We're just working through some things here. Now, Mm. don't be afraid. It's almost over. I'm coming to get you. (laughs) Okay, John 621. And then they willingly received him into their boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So when the disciples realized it was Jesus, what did they do? Got afraid, <laughs> first off. First off, and yeah. then? They were uh, received him. They received him. And, and then immediately they, at the shore. Yeah. So how about that? It, they had to receive him. Yeah. They had to say, okay. And then the storm was over. And then the storm Soon was over. Soon as you receive him. You know what I mean? So the people saw Jesus as a prophet that should come in the future, and the people wanted to force him into their way of thinking mm-hmm. about him and about him being their king, and because he could multiply everything for them. And then the disciples went over in the boat, and the storm arose, and Jesus came walking on the water. As soon as they recognized and received him, the storm was calm, and Jesus assured them that it was him and told them to not be afraid. Immediately that storm ceased and they entered. uh, uh, They were right over at the shore. So here's some things to ponder. Are there any struggles that are relentless that you think if you just prayed harder would God would fix it. Hmm. I know He would. He would fix anything if I just prayed hard enough. Well, you know what I mean? You know, I got to put forward to foot, but you know what I mean? You know, Josh, sometimes I've prayed harder and it didn't fix it. Really? Yeah, I remember, I, you know, one son in addiction. Then and he I, did fix it. He taught you a lesson. He did. He, he, oh, look <laughs> so he how fixed it. You're right. He taught <laughs> he fixed me 50 it. He lessons. Fixed you. He fixed me. <laughs> yes. There you go. But I remember crying out and saying, God, I got no more prayers. I prayed for 20 years, and it's worse. (laughs) And so when the next son come along, and he was uh, starting to dabble with some substances and alcohol, I was just like, I haven't got any prayers. I raised that one right. I taught him the Bible one hour, two hours Mm -hmm. a day. I homeschooled him, you know, for 11 years, 12 years. And it's, Lord, I took him to church two or three times a week. And I realized it's not about what I put in them. It's yeah. about the Word of God taking hold. Mm-hmm. It's about, I mean, I can plant the seed. I I can even, but it's God that gives the increase. Think about it. What did he say? If you throw it and it lands on rock, what happens? It the, just dies. It, it, the dies. enemy comes in. <clears throat> so if you yeah. tell me the Bible and you, you beat it into me I, and I don't want to hear it or yeah. don't want to feel it, it's a living book, so I have to accept it. I have to see it. Right. You know what I mean? Feel it in my soul. But, but sometimes... Josh, don't we have to go around that 
those walls seven times to get them to drop. Oh, gosh. So people have to just keep just coming seven? back and loving on us <laughs> and telling us again. Oh, just And then seven? telling us again. Sometimes 20 times. <laughs> I hear it you. It took me more. So oh, if, man. If you got loved ones that can't hear you, just keep going around. Yeah. That. Just keep that going around. That don't mean that. you have to let them in and yeah. to take advantage of you. Just go and da- just, like just, love on them. Yeah, just. Come on, help me help you. Are you ready now? Yes. Are are you ready ready now? now? Yeah, Yeah. because this is a road to somewhere, not a road to nowhere. So what's some things to ponder here? Are there any struggles that are relentless that that if you think, if you just prayed harder, God would fix it? Okay, so let God fix you because sometimes these problems don't resolve, and that's okay. It's not the problem that needs fixed. It's my heart of unbelief that needs fixed. Yes, or your faith. That's right. Reshape the next storm in your life by quoting, It is I, be not afraid. Hmm. Peace come as we see Jesus in every storm. Amen, amen. What's the third one? Jesus is the destination. Who's the destination? Jesus. Okay, (laughs) so once I find Jesus, there's my destination. It's not the resolution to this problem that's the destination. It's not the food. It's not the provision. It's Jesus. Yes. It just makes me stronger. It makes me better. It makes me able. (laughs) That's right. So as soon as they received Jesus into the boat, the storm not only ceased, but they were immediately at their destination. So invite Jesus into your circumstance and obey the command to be not afraid. Now, what was that again? Be Be not not afraid. afraid. That's hard. That's hard because I think I need to like, write it on my yeah, forehead like that's so hard. I see it every time I I'm go in the mirror. <laughs> people just because as soon as we start from going from bad to good, we we take back over. Like, oh, okay, now now I don't need to be afraid. I got this, and then we what happens? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so here's the challenge: What in your life looks evil, like a bad storm that you need to accept as if it is from the hand of God? Job two ten. That would be from Job. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember one day just fussing and fussing at the Lord. And I flipped open my Bible and I yelled at him and I said, speak to me today, Lord. And there it was. You speak like a foolish woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Job said, shall we not receive the evil from the hand of the Lord as well as the good? Yeah. And I'm like, <gasps> okay. I mean, if you think about what I'm we're getting out of this I laughed. I busted out laughing. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for correcting me. <laughs> think about what we're getting out of this relationship. We're getting so everlasting. little bit of things we yeah. have to do, go through. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. It's everlasting life that yes. we're getting. Okay. So we're heading to the next section. Let, let miracles lead to belief. Mm. Labor for the meat which endures unto everlasting life. John six twenty seven. It's so a big I, word right there. Everlasting, eternal, everlasting yes. life. Uh, it's a hard concept to even yeah, grasp. It is. And this present suffering is never to be compared with it. So let's look at John six twenty two. Why were the people at Capernaum puzzled? On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. So they're kind of puzzled. They're like, now how did Jesus get here? Because yeah. uh, we already saw those disciples and they left alone. So John 6.23. Who, however, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. Um, so yeah, there was some other boats there. They were following him, weren't yeah. they? So why didn't they find him? Why when they didn't find him, what did they do? And why would they have thought to go to Capernaum? When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got in the boats and came to Caper- Capernaum? Capernaum seeking Jesus. Yeah, so maybe maybe 
what this is saying is they went back to where the food was the mm-hmm. day before, and then when that didn't happen, they were like, everybody was saying, well, the disciples went on over there so that you know Jesus would be with them. So that's they're like, okay, let's go find him. Yeah. So 625. And when they found him on the other side of the sea and said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? <laughs> they're like, how'd you get here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, John 626. Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Hmm. So for notor- or like maturity things, like, you yeah, know ma- what I mean? Material. Material things. Mon- yeah, money, go. stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. what they wanted. That's Instead what they Instead of pure saw. heart. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, Jesus, give us a pure heart. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Then I would seek you and search for you and for be love. grateful even in the storms, even in the trials of life. So what was Jesus' instructions? Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, Amen. which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Set his seal on us, Jesus. Set your seal on us, Lord, Amen. that we could endure to everlasting life, that our eyes can be opened, that our ears can be opened, that our heart can be enlarged, that our mind would be the mind of Christ, that we would give ourselves as living sacrifices, that your seal would be upon us, that we would endure unto everlasting life. So what question did the people ask now? Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of of God. That's John 6, So they're trying to take over it. How can we get this power? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what's Jesus say? And said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he, whom he sent. Mm-hmm. Did you believe in him, Jesus, that the Father sent? So mm-hmm. what did the people seek? So, uh, therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then, that he may see it and believe you? What work will you do? So they're still challenging him. <laughs> over and over. All right, so tell us what you could do for us. Because yeah. if you can't do nothing for us, I'm not sure if we really want to serve you or not. So, you know, when I'm like sassy like that to the Lord, okay, Lord, you don't pay this bill. You don't put mm. me in that home and you take this away. You take that away. I might not want to serve you no more. Mm. But what if I just said, I will serve you no matter what? Yeah. Whether I'm being burned at the stake, <laughs> on the cross, sitting in. In the cave, with little, with much, what would that look like? So here's the outline. The people sought Jesus by following the disciples. Mm-hmm. So do people seek Jesus by following you? They shouldn't. Or I, I should be an example. Yes, yes, they should be able to follow yes. me and find oh, okay, Jesus. Yes, yeah. I thought it was like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> like, going. I shouldn't get no glory. Jesus no, no. should. Yes. Uh, the people couldn't figure out how Jesus got across the sea when he didn't leave in the boat with the disciples. Mm-hmm. They followed Jesus, not for the miracles, uh, to lead them to belief, but because they were carnal with a fleshly appetite. The work of God is for us to believe. Ooh, what's the work of God? For us to believe. Amen. But they, the people sought for a sign, not for the purpose of believing. So here's some things to ponder. Can you recognize your doubt and activate your faith much muscle to believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I can't recognize my doubt, I don't know that I've got it. Then you're it. not even going to have doubt. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of self-reflection yeah. that we need to do to sit quiet and see what's coming up. So rehearse John 6, 29, and tell me again what the work of God is. Let's go back to 29. Jesus answers, this is the work of God and that you believe in him whom he sent. Yes. So believe in him whom he sent. I want you to rehearse that. I want you to rehearse that it's my work to believe in him. That's my job. So do you praise 
God with unanswered prayers. Oh, absolutely. Amen. Uh, I don't even expect that. You know what I mean? I don't pray prayers like that anymore. I mean, well, I'm going to get real here. Sometimes I just whine. But Lord, why? You answered that. Why won't you answer Mm -hmm. this? And then when it does get answered, I don't always recognize it and be grateful. Instead, I'm like going to the next thing saying, but okay, what about this? And then that gets answered and I just wash over it and then, well, Mm -hmm. well, what about this? It's still not all in a row. Lord, I want my ducks in a row. (laughs) And so sometimes I need to slow down and realize the little things he is doing it may not look like I thought it should look, yeah. but he is doing it. Yeah, so exactly. unbelief can be exhibited by fear, worry, fretfulness, and anxiety. Practice moving all anxiety by learning not to by your own understanding, but simply acknowledging the so- sovereignty of God. Sovereignty. Sovereignty, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to write out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Yes. Acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord. So here's the next section. Jesus is the bread of life. <clears throat> so him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. As that's the words of Jesus in John six thirty seven. So what kind of a sign are they asking for in John six thirty one? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Hmm, do you think that that's what they're asking for? Lord, you know, just drop us that bread from heaven mm-hmm. like, like God did in the wilderness. That'd be cool. We'll, we'll believe you then. Yeah. <laughs> but what was Jesus' answer about the type of bread that they were asking for? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Hmm. So Moses, uh, they, they ate bread in that wilderness between Egypt and the promised land that sustained them. Well, for 400 years. <laughs> but it, it, Well, for 40 years. 40 years. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's my Idea. Yeah, that what, but it, it sustained them, but it yeah. did not bring them eternal life. So, who is the true bread of God, and what will He do? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, for the bread of God is He who comes down from the heaven and gives life to the world. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. It is Jesus. <laughs> so, did the people understand that they needed spiritual bread? Then they said to Him, "Lord, give us this bread always." Hmm. Uh, they were. Right, he was right in front of him, and they didn't recognize him. Yeah. So, what's real. He say? And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. They didn't quite understand what this meant. They were uh, they were like, what do you mean come to you? What, do you, what yeah. do you mean? What do you mean believe in you? They just didn't quite understand. They wanted that manna coming down from heaven. Yeah. So what's Jesus say about them? But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. So he's saying to them, uh, you don't believe. You don't, you don't believe me as the Messiah. You don't believe me as the true bread of life coming down from God. So what's he telling us that we need to do in John six thirty seven? All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Hmm. So he's saying um, we shall do the works of God. He's saying, um, love me with your whole heart, mm-hmm. and then you're, I'm not casting you out. You yeah. come to me. You come to me with your whole heart. You're going to find a little spot right here. So what example is he giving us for our lives? For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Yes, so he wants us to do the will of God. Mm-hmm. He wants us to do the will of the Father. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that 
of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. So he's talking about resurrection life. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, um, if you just believe, mm -hmm. uh, the Father's going to send you to me, and you're going to believe, I'm not going to lose you. It, it just, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Yep. Just keep clinging. Here I am. I'm not going to lose you. So what's the will of God? And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There it is again. I'm going to raise him up. Amen. That's resurrection life, that everlasting life. Boy, that's so foreign because I know what it's like to be delivered from a tormented mind. Yeah. But I don't, and I know what it's like to be delivered from anxiety and yeah. to be able to carry his peace. Now I have to wrestle for it. Yeah. I have to move my flesh. I have to move the noise. I have to, I have to believe that God knows what He's doing. And when I do that, then I can have this peace that's here now. But to know what everlasting life or resurrected life is, that's just a pure faith. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. That's going to be cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so let's look at John 6, 41. The Jews didn't complain about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. <laughs> so they're murmuring. Murmuring yeah. is a sign of? Disunbelief. Yeah. You know, Josh, I might be guilty of a little murmuring. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I've done is I've asked God to show it to me when I do it mm -hmm. so that it, it would be like a little prick and I'd feel it. Oh, wait, I'm mm -hmm. murmuring. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's easy for me to murmur against people I love. Yeah. Um, they're not quite doing what I want them to do. And so I've learned how to stop that, to stop judging myself, to stop judging them, yeah. and just to start uh, enjoying people that are here just the way that they are. Yeah. So let's look at this outline. The bread of heaven from Moses was sustaining. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the true bread from heaven. I am the bread of life. That's true. Jesus is the bread. Believe on me. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus does the will of the Father. Jesus won't lose anyone, but he will raise them up at the last day to give them everlasting life. Belief equals everlasting life. Amen. So Jeremiah fifteen sixteen tells us how to eat the true bread of life. And you guys can look that one up. <laughs> I'm going to let them look that up. Okay. Unbelief keeps me temporal focused. Am I? Am I hungry and thirsty enough to come to Jesus and eat the bread of life? Yeah, so until I am done with my fretfulness, my worrying, my me do, me do, Lord, me do, my two-year-old, I do it, I do it, get out of my way. <laughs> Every now and then I see myself as that two-year-old, and the Lord's like, how's it working for you, mm. honey? <laughs> what am I working for that will last throughout all eternity? So I want you to think about what you're doing with your days, with your life, with your purpose, with your vision. And is that temporal focused or is that eternal focus? So name three circumstances in your life that has caused you suffering. And now reframe your trials and intentionally practice joy. So counting your trials as joy is spiritual maturity skill rooted in belief. Through James 1, 2, 3, 4, I want you to rehearse, rehearse some bits of that verse that you can understand, that you can have joy even in the midst of your troubles. All right, so let's look at the next section of Bible study here in John. 
murmuring, murmuring unbelief. Yeah, so grumbling, murmuring, complaining is unbelief. Belief. Do yeah. not murmur among yourselves is the command in John 6.43. So what are they doing in John 6.42? And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then he, that he says, I have come from down from heaven? Yeah, so they're making excuses as to why they can't believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did Jesus perceive their murmurings? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. Mm-hmm. And if we are murmuring and in unbelief, what do I need to pray for? No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So I need to pray that the Father will draw me. Yeah. Hmm. So what is our responsibility so that God will draw himself to me? Pray. And it is written in the prophets, and they shall all taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, so here I can't come unless he calls me. Yeah. And then here it says, yeah. but I need you to hear and learn from me, and then they shall all be taught by God, and these are the ones that are going to be drawn by the Father. So as I position myself to hear, to learn, to be taught by God, now I'm going to be drawing closer and closer and closer to Him. So I have a I have a piece of responsibility there, even though most of the responsibility comes to the Father, but my responsibility is to be taught, to hear, to learn. Okay, so what can we expect full comprehension? Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Yeah, so I can't fully comprehend what all this looks like. No. I, I can look at what Jesus was here on earth, and I can know that he, if I've seen him, I've seen the Father, and I can love Jesus, and therefore uh, the Father and Jesus is one, and they could be one with me in John 17. So what reward will we receive with a faithful and continual steadfast believing? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. All right, now this is this is a faith walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, I am, and he is what? He is what? The bread of life. Ha, ha, ha. I am the bread of life. So can we eat meat that won't endure into everlasting life? Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Yep, so we could. Well, there's, there's two different types of bread. If we eat the bread of Christ, will we die? This is the bread which comes down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. And not die. So I may have a physical death, but not a spiritual mm-hmm. death. So what is so special about the bread from Christ? I am the living bread which came down from the heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh that I shall give for the life of the world. Now we learned in John 1.1 1, 1, that the flesh came down mm-hmm. and was the Word and mm-hmm. dwelt among us. So as I eat of the Word of God, as I study to show myself approved in the Word of God, I am eating of Christ. I am eating the bread of life. I am instilling life into myself. But now if I'm murmuring and complaining, I'm abiding in death. Yeah. I'm not abiding in belief. So unbelievers murmur. Unbelievers will rationalize facts to outweigh the miracles that they see. Mm-hmm. Number three. No man has the power to come to Christ on his own. Number four. 
Those that hear and learn will come. Oh, hear and learn. So that means we have to ask for open ears, and we have mm-hmm. to ask for a mind that can understand. So there's four gateways to our soul, Josh. Our mm-hmm. eyes, our ears, our mind, and our heart. So my eyes have to be steadfast with a vision as to where the Lord has me going. Mm-hmm. My ears has to be tuned to hear His voice. My heart has to be enlarged with compassion and with joy and with practicing the things of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit. And my mind has to be rehearsing his words and his thoughts and not my murmuring and complaining. Yeah. Number five. Belief equals everlasting life. Keep going. I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Eat of Christ and you will not die. Amen. Bread of Jesus is living bread. Jesus gave his, ple- his flesh for the life of the world. So this living bread is active and it's breathing. And, and if you read the Bible and it's just words on the page, and you don't understand it, then press into it and ask the Holy Spirit to bring it alive, to make it alive in your heart, to not only let it sustain you, but to let it feed you and and nourish you so that you can grow into uh, a person who completely and totally believes no matter what. No one will ever steal that from you. So listen to your thoughts today. Keep going. Do you hear yourself rationalizing why you can't completely follow Jesus? Do you mock other believers as radicals or Jesus freaks if they have experiences you don't understand? That's interesting. Hmm. Flesh cannot give flesh life. We can only worship God in spirit and in truth. Ask God to awaken your spirit and open your spiritual ears. Amen. So my belief is directly connected to how much preaching I listen to in Romans ten fourteen, And it pleases God to save those who believe by the foolishness of preaching. So if you're struggling to believe, I need you to position yourself in sound doctrine that your ears will be tuned. And Josh, there's this verse in Psalms that says, Lord, fit your words in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember... Um, exercising in the morning and just quoting scripture to myself one right after the other. Mm. And I can remember praying that whole section of the Psalms for months on end, Lord, fit those words in my mouth. And it's really cool how he has fit his words in my mouth. So abide if you abide in me, uh, then I can abide in him in John 6, 56. So now we're looking at John six fifty two, and the question is, what did the Jews lack in this verse? The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Hmm. So they lacked understanding. They just didn't, they're like, now how can this be? And, and so, Josh, when I'm in the flesh and I'm in unbelief, I am going to lack understanding. Yeah, definitely. So what does eating his flesh mean? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Hmm. So what does eating his flesh and drinking his blood mean? Having a relationship, reading, yeah. reading about him. Is living part- a life of him. You know partaking I mean? in the benefits of his death, receiving yeah. his blood, yeah. um, so that my sins are as far as the east is from the west, so they're washed away, so they are no more. So uh, the next one, John six fifty four. if we believe on Christ and accept his blood to wash away our sins, what is the promise? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> we, we've heard that before, haven't yeah, we? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. For my flesh is, is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Okay, so his flesh and his blood is our food and our meat. Mm-hmm. So as we're feeding on the Word of God, 
He commands us to spiritually eat and drink of the truth through faith in Him. So eat and drink of the truth. And if you'll know it's not truth if you're not free. Yeah. If there's an area of your life where you're struggling with self-pity or discontentment, or yeah. you know, it, you're not quite free yet. So just keep wrestling with it. The Lord will come and He'll give you the wisdom that you need. So what do you think oneness with Christ feels like? He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in Him. In him. Yeah, so in John 15, we'll go through what it looks like to abide in Christ. Now, that word abide just means to dwell or to live in Christ. So if I'm living in Christ, mm-hmm. I'm pretty I'm pretty yeah. strong. Yeah. I'm going to land on the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to land in, in quicksand. No. I'm going to be on that rock's foundation. foundation. So John 6, 57, when we are in Christ, we will live for ourselves or for Christ. And as a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds me will live because of me. Yes, so if I feed on Jesus, mm-hmm. if I live because he lives, now I'm going to be growing and maturing. I'm becoming more Christ-like. John yeah. six fifty-eight is the bread Christ is offering, physical or spiritual. This is the bread which came down from the heaven, not as your fathers ate, the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Wow. Here it is again. Live forever. Eat the bread of life. So it's my responsibility to get in the Word. Now, as we're starting into the new year, it would be really good that you got yourself on a disciplined mm-hmm. uh, Bible reading. Definitely. Yeah. So where did Jesus say these things? These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Yeah, so he's teaching, and he's teaching in a synagogue, and he's telling them, um, eat of me, drink of my blood. <laughs> and they're so confused. Mm-hmm. So the, instead of believing, the Jews quarreled among themselves. They said, eat his flesh and drink his blood. I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. But he's saying now, when you do that, it's life. But there's no way that their spiritual eyes could be open with unbelief. Yeah, you're right. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, that's really dumb, well, yeah, yeah. the Lord will call you through the foolishness of preaching to yeah. settle yourself in and get ready. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus will raise you up in the last days. And Jesus is the food from heaven and yes. the water from the rock because Jesus is the rock. Yes. So here's some things to ponder. There are spiritual eyes that needed to be enlightened. Unless we eat the words of Christ in faith, our eyes cannot see past temporal circumstances. Mm -hmm. Eternal visions require spiritual eyes. Pray to have your spiritual eyes enlightened. And Ephesians 1.18 has a prayer for you that asks the Lord to enlighten your eyes. Pray for a vision for the future. Without a supernatural vision, we will perish. And that's in Proverbs 29.18. When I am struggling to believe, I pray for grace to have more faith. Now, Josh, I know when I wake up praying for grace that there's things that's going to be smacking me around all day. (laughs) But I know that every time something hits me, I'm like, I need a little more grace, Lord, a little more grace. And as soon as I pray for that grace, it's done. I'm done. I'm I'm reestablished on that firm foundation, and I'm fine. But if I embrace the circumstance, the struggle, the situation, I'm being rocked to and fro with double-mindedness and whining all day long. I'm such a good whiner. (laughs) So Mm. when I hear that whining, I'm like, whoa, 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 Mm. I need more grace. (laughs) So what's the challenge today? Normally, I fight with myself more than anyone else. (laughs) If I can be quiet before the Lord, I can hear that I am wrestling. The Lord commands me to be still. Find a second command in this verse. 
What would it look like to be still, quiet internally? What would it look like to stop trying to be God? Okay, so Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and yep. know that I am God. That's two commands. Be yep. still, which means to be quiet inside. Mm-hmm. It means to stop my noisy anxiety and my trying to fix it and my whining and to know that he's God and mm-hmm. I am not. I am not God. Lord, your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. I don't need to know. I just need to believe. Now, unbelief is offense. And in John 6, 61, it says, does this offend you? So I want you to start looking at the things that offend you, because in your offenses, you will find your unbelief. So let's look at John 6, 60. Was Jesus' teaching easy or hard to receive? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard his, this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Hmm. So it's not easy to receive. Now, who's murmuring? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? Yeah, so he's talking to his disciples now. Mm-hmm. So what harder future event is he talking about? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before so he's talking about his ascension that's coming mm-hmm. okay now in 663 can we understand the bible in our flesh it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that i speak to you are spirit and they are life so if the word has not come alive in your soul if it's not come alive and you're not hungering and thirsting for it, it is possible that you have not been filled with the holy spirit yeah. so we have two studies on the holy spirit on our podcast you can go back and listen to those on rocker recovery and you need to have your spirit come alive through the holy spirit and then you will be enlightened to be able to believe because i don't think we can do this on our own Josh. No, no, we can't. Definitely. I think we're going to be falling away going, this is too hard to believe. (laughs) So did Jesus know who believed and who didn't in 664? But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. Wow. So he called 12 disciples and one of them betrayed him. So who needs to enable us to come to Jesus in 665? Therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. There it is again. That's a third time in one chapter we've read to this, uh, that that we have to be granted by the father to be able to come. And, And as we do... Jesus is praying, Lord, make them one with us as you and I are one. And that's going to happen through the Holy Spirit. And you'll see him pray that on through John in John 17. So was this teaching a separation between true and false believers in John 6, 66? From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Hmm. So when tough, the going gets tough, it will test our belief and it will bring out our unbelief. And then we'll be able to make a decision. Is it worth it? Do I want eternal life? Do I want everlasting life? Am I going to keep following him or am I going to go my own way? So did the 12 fall away? Uh, Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Whoa. What did Peter say to him? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm. Jesus has the words of the eternal life. It's because he is eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> so here it is. Uh, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like throwing the towel in, say, yeah. but where am I going to go? There is no other life. There is no other life outside of Jesus. Where am I going to go? So what is Peter declaring? Also, we have come to believe 
and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Mm, amen, amen. He has come to believe and declare that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. So who chose the twelve? Jesus answered him, did I not choose you? The twelve, and one of you is a devil. Oh. So you know what? Imagine hearing that. You know uh. what? You could be hanging out with a lot of nice people and think they're all your friends, yeah. and one of them is a devil. Yeah. But do not, do not let that one person trip you up. I don't care if they're stabbing you in the back. I don't care if they're entangling you with lies. If they've got cords around your feet. If they're cursing you. If they've literally ripped out your heart. Do not let the one that's the devil slow you down. Yeah. So why would Jesus call him the devil and? Which one is it? He spoke of Judas Iscariot. Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being none of the twelve. Being, being one of the twelve, being I mean. one of the twelve. <laughs> yeah, and we'll find this later in John, where yeah. Judas uh, does betray him. And you know, this is hard when we're betrayed. Yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes we betray ourselves, Josh. Yeah. Sometimes we do things that we know will hurt ourselves, and it's very important for us not betray ourselves. So let's look at this outline. Jesus' teaching was hard to receive. Sometimes it is. Murmuring is a sign of unbelief hmm. that draws us to Him. Yeah, the, the truth, the living light, the eating of the Word will draw us to Him. The Father draws us to Him. Many shall fall away. Ouch. And you know, as I've been walking with the Lord many years, many that I have been with have fallen away. And yeah. it's, it's very painful. I pray for them to come back through. Yeah, Jesus has the words of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Peter declares Jesus as his Messiah. A close friend can be a devil and will eventually expose themselves. Hmm. So Jesus did not shrink from his purpose when others didn't believe in him. He knew what he believed. And is there an area of your life where you are double-minded? In James 1.8, it says, you know, don't be double-minded. And it says that if you lack um, if you are double-minded, then ask for wisdom in James 1.5. So I want you to evaluate your speech today and ask God to help you to recognize any murmuring, grumbling, or complaining. And this will help you identify your unbelief. Now here's your challenge. Identify the areas of your life this year that were where you were betrayed. This will be the area with the most confusion and the most emotional pain. Outline David's betrayal prayer in the Psalm 41, 9 through 13. Yeah, so so Jesus talks about, well, it's actually David, but it's, they say it's prophetic of Jesus coming, that a very close friend that shared his bread will betray him. So if you've given and given and given and given to people that you love and they have betrayed you, I want you to know that you are partnering with Jesus. And he says this present suffering is not to be compared with the glory that's to come. So instead of falling in unbelief because you've been mistreated, I want you to say, all right, I'm just being like Jesus today. Just going to keep standing on that rock and eating the bread of life. And that uh, that bread of life is going to turn into eternal life. <laughs> and this was Angie Meadows. And it's Josh Bond. And that was John 6. And we will see you next time.